The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now, the Clean Ocean Foundation has warned of dire economic and environmental consequences if a planned warnable sewage treatment plant expansion goes ahead in its current form. On the line to talk about it, we've got John Jemmel, who is the CEO of the Clean Ocean Foundation. John, thanks for being on the program this morning. Oh, thanks, Mitchell, for having me. It's My great pleasure. Thank you. Well, can you explain what's actually planned with this expansion of the warnable sewage treatment plant? Yeah, sure, Mitchell. Mitchell, um, warnable uh, treatment plant is, uh, a, a, I guess, a, a relic of a bygone age as far as treatment goes, uh, and they've had lots of problems there. And they're proposing to expand the treatment um, because they're having uh, some expansion of industrial waste from dairies and abattoirs in the area. Uh, they call it a, they call it an upgrade, but it's not really much of an improvement. Um, we went through a process last year uh, as part of the EPA works approval, uh, raised a lot of issues and concerns about the safety uh, of recreational users in the area, of the pollutants in the water and the potential damage to aquaculture, uh, tourism and, and also the marine environment. And these were all taken on board, but instead of actually uh, the EPA saying, no, you can't go ahead with this, you need to improve your plan, uh, they said, oh, yeah, okay, you can go ahead and, and maybe sooner or later you can whack in a, a deep ocean outfall so you just push the rubbish out into the ocean. So we weren't happy with that, as you can well understand. So if we weren't to go ahead with this surge treatment plant expansion or upgrade or whatever you want to call it, uh, where yep. would all of that waste or refuse go? Well, it, go, it will go at the same... If they're proposing at the moment to dump it out through the same outfall, which is on the shoreline uh, at Warrnambool, just uh, a, a, about a kilometre around from the main breakwater. Uh, and it's it's fairly close to a, a, a beach where some um, cobbles and that can paddle, uh, and also divers and abalone, um, snorkelers and divers and whatnot, uh, get their wares from the sea, so to speak. Mm. So uh, it, it's just too close. Uh, into sort to have that sort of kind of toxic waste. It's you know sky high E. coli readings and um, pathogens in it. It's just not a, not a good look. So can it be moved, or can you somehow I don't know deal with the problem another way? Is there a solution yeah. here? Well, well, Al, we have a we have a, a plan not just for for Warrnambool, but for all of Australia, uh, and it, it's called the National Outfall Upgrade Strategy, and, and Warrnambool fits into that which is to do what they did at the Eastern Treatment Plant at Melbourne, uh, where 10 years ago now they upgraded the, 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 ward, the class of water there that was pretty bad, just pretty much as bad as vulnerable, to what we call a class A+. And a class A-plus water can be recycled and used anywhere that you want apart from it's not, not to be drunk, but it's safe to be used anywhere else. So it's a high standard of water. You, you treat it to that. Uh, and we say, well, look, uh, the Victorian state government spent $400 million treating the waste from Melbourne to that level. Why can't they do the same at Warrnambool? What does that enhanced treatment process look like? How does it compare to the process that's currently going or being undertaken down at Warrnambool? Yeah, it, it, has, um, it, they, it has what they call more tertiary treatment, which means that there's certain types of uh, equipment that you can get that will remove 
more of the bacteria and pathogens from the water uh, and that treatment also removes more of what we call the nutrients from the water. That's the nitrogen phosphorus that you, uh, well, conventionally you might find in, say, laundry detergents and things like that. But when you're talking about dairy waste and industrial waste, there's a lot of um, animal byproducts, uh, as you can well imagine, and they need, they, they need to be broken down too. So it's all technology that's, you know, straight off the shelf. You're not really looking at doing anything that's exotic. Uh, and really, it, it would just bring it up to a standard that then the Warnable community has options as to what they want to do with it into the future. Maybe they don't need it as water at the moment, but into the future they may well find that they do. So it gives them options for perhaps expanding industrial plants or whatnot and you're using that water um, or for agriculture as well. Yeah, that's interesting. In terms of uh, the cost of that extra tertiary treatment, I mean, you said that they've done it elsewhere at the Eastern Treatment yeah. Plant. Would it be a big cost impost? Well... It, it, it is a big, it's a relatively big cost, but you have to compare that with what the EPA is saying, which is putting um, putting it out to sea with a pipeline, and that's going to cost 40 to $50 million. Uh, and when you compare it with that, it, it, it doesn't even come close to that. So it's, it's a really logical alternative to upgrade the treatment to a point where it's not going to threaten the marine environment or recreational users. So you've launched a campaign that's called Stop the Red Tide. Uh, can you just explain that aspect of it? What is a red tide? Sure. Well, we were trying to trying to sort of um, work out a way of, of giving a message to people uh, that there's there's a there's a tide there's a push around Australia uh, to sort of ignore outfalls uh, and not bring them into the 21st century. So we want to push against that tide. Now, red tides are often caused in marine environments when you have too many nutrients, uh, and what can happen is they they those can cause algae blooms. Uh, and often in the ocean they can be red red tides, and sometimes they can be toxic to humans and marine and marine life as well. And, and they're really an indicator that a system is out of balance. So we thought that was a perfect um, perfect metaphor for what's going on, both at Warrnambool, but also what we want to change all around Australia as well. So if there was a red tide, that would put a lot of the things that you're talking about, the activities off the table, whether it's swimming or the water sports or even fishing. That's right. Yep, yep. It becomes a dangerous place for any living being. And uh, I assume the state government is responsible for deciding what goes ahead and what doesn't, or is it directly with one and water? Well, this is, this is where it comes to the devil into the detail. Um, each each authority is uh, is is supposed to make its own money uh, and pay for its own uh, water system. And theoretically, the state government has hands off. But for example, in the Eastern Treatment Plant. Uh, uh, because of the concerns uh, to recreational users in the marine environment, there, uh, the state government actually had to had to had to raise four hundred million dollars uh, without a without a business case to protect the environment. So it's it's just a simple matter of when safety is involved, you need to find the money. Um, the Warrnambool certainly could contribute to that. They do have industrial users, and, and we're not privy to uh, what the contracts are between the domestic wastewater. Uh, uh, processor, which is one and water, who's taking industrial waste, we don't know what price, and, and then using the ocean to basically subsidise that business, business. So we would like to make sure that also the industrial users contribute to that. Um, but obviously we're limited in our power in that area. So what, we, what we're doing at the moment is uh, we've challenged uh, what they're doing at VCAT, the EPA have approved uh, given a works approval and we're challenging that VCAT and we've had a compulsory conference last week at VCAT to see if we could find some common ground 
uh, and we had a full and frank exchange with Water and Water at that time, and also the EPA. And there's we, we both felt that there might be a glimmer of hope, so we're going to continue the negotiating in, in good faith over the next four weeks and, and see if we can come to uh, some some arrangement, convince them that basically they need to upgrade significantly their, their wastewater treatment plant. Uh, and if that doesn't, if we're not successful on that, then it'll be a, a full VCAT hearing uh, in February. So, of course, we've got to scratch up some money to pay for lawyers and legal experts and whatnot. So, uh, Clean Ocean does have a campaign, Stop the Red campaign, which you can go to GoFundMe and check that out and hopefully hope us by raising some money or thinking about donating. But that's the next step. And then, if necessary, we'll take it all the way uh, to the Supreme Court. Mm. So if you go to VCAT and then they give a ruling that you don't like or you wish to appeal, does it then go to the Supreme Court or are there more courts? Yeah, that's in the, right. Yeah. We will have the option to do that and that's something we, I, I think, given, provided we had the finances to do that, we would definitely do that because this is a, this, this is one of the worst plants in Australia. It's not a good plant and the improvements they make aren't going to make it that much better. So it's a bit of a line in the sand for us. If we if we can't get an out good outcome here, then we may as well close up our doors and walk away. Well, thanks for being on the program this morning. If people want to find out more about your campaign, uh, do they just Google that phrase "Stop the Red Tide"? Yep, Stop the Red Tide uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and we've also got a website. And there's lots of links to the other sites and the GoFundMe sites, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mitchell. John uh, Gemmell with us there, the CEO of the Clean Ocean Foundation, who's launched that campaign, Stop the Red Tide. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.